What we do in life echoes in eternity. You will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. From the WSFI studio in Libertyville, Illinois, this is Pro-Life Today. Hi, welcome to today's episode of Pro-Life Today. Mark Curran, and I'm here today with a lot of young people, and and that is the future of the pro-life movement. So our guest today um, is uh, Prudence Robertson, and she's the host of EWTN's Pro-Life Weekly, a weekly current affairs program reporting on a broad range of life issues. Airing on EWTN News Network, the show reaches over 390 million households worldwide, in addition to streaming through Sirius XM, iHeartRadio, and over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates. She previously served for three years in communications at the national pro-life group Susan B. Anthony List, where she developed a deep knowledge of the pro-life issues and worked with members of Congress, state legislators, governors, and other allies across the nation to promote elections and laws that defend unborn life. She graduated from Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, with a degree in history and human life studies. Prudence lives in Alexandria, Virginia, and we're grateful to have you here. Hi, Prudence. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the program. I love the work that y'all do, and it's great to be here. Let me just real quickly just introduce our other guests. We have Peter Curran, who's a senior at uh, Carmel Catholic in, in Mundelein and uh, was all pro all conference football, right? Hello, hello, Ryan Hogan, who's a great uh, um, volleyball star at Carmel and a, and a top uh, student. Ava Burke, who's the producer and just as a absolute phenomenal producer of this show she's joining us here today and uh celia goodlow one of the one of the great uh we're going to be watching her on something bigger than america's next voice which <laughs> i'm got, looking forward to she it. has so yeah. many talents but she's uh, a graduate last year and uh from carmel catholic also and she's working in graphic marketing so that's our panel here today we're talking with all young people other than myself so i'm going to try to step aside and let the young people go at it you all have been uh interested in talking to prudence what, what are some of your questions yeah and introduce I, yourself when you say hi uh i'm hi hi mr robertson i'm peter peter curran right here i just wanted to first ask you what steps can i take as a high school student to help support the pro-life movement yeah peter that is a fantastic question and it's first off just so exciting to be talking to so many young people today on this show who are pro-life you know most people don't realize that uh this upcoming generation is truly a pro-life generation. And hopefully it's a generation that will spend most of our lives without Roe versus Wade being the law of the land. And I think one thing that is so tangible that students can do is just talk about this issue with their peers. You know, it's definitely Mm -hmm. controversial. It's not something that's easy to talk about, but courageous young people like you and I need to be willing to have those compassionate conversations with people who agree with us but just don't understand you know how extreme our laws are on abortion and people who disagree with us that don't understand that this is a human life growing in the womb that deserves protection just like you and I so I think first and foremost it's just willingness and openness to having these conversations that is really going to take us a long way for sure Hi, Prudence. I'm Sila. Um, it's an honor to be speaking with you today. This is so exciting. I'm going to yeah. kind of play off of what Peter said. 
Um, I also want to get involved as a young person who just graduated and is just starting to like kind of find my way in society. I'm always mm-hmm. struggling, wondering like what resources can I turn to to find, um, you know, studies and facts that I can spread to people I know to spread awareness about the issue and just highlight the truth rather than these statistics you'll hear through the media that kind of twist things. Yeah. Yeah. That is again, a great question. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's so important to have those conversations, but we have to have the facts and the science to back up what we're talking about. Right. So um, I'll share a few resource, you know, centers that I have that have been, you know, so helpful to me. Um, one is the research arm of the Susan B. Anthony list, where I previously worked. It's called the Charlotte Lozier Institute, and their mission is to, is to promote science for life. Um, Prudence, could you said, tell the listeners that may not be familiar with the Susan B. Anthony list exactly what it is? Yeah, absolutely. The Susan B. Anthony list is a national pro-life political organization. It's based here in Washington, D.C., and we work both here in D.C. and across the country with state legislators, state allies, to um, elect pro-life people to serve in the states and nationally here in Congress who will pass pro-life laws that promote life. Um, Susan B. Anthony list was founded in the late 90s, or the early 90s, I'm sorry, by Marjorie Dannenfelser, who is actually a convert to the pro-life movement and to Catholicism. Um, And she recognized a need here in D.C. to be promoting pro-life women, especially, but also men, to be serving in positions of leadership because, um, you know, they had Emily's List. They had all of these pro-abortion groups that were advocating for abortion on demand up to the moment of birth and these unborn children needed a voice, needed advocates. And that was how Susan B. Anthony List was born. And pretty soon they realized that they needed a research arm, you know, sort of to counter the Guttmacher Institute and these these pro-abortion organizations that really promote just false science and inaccuracies about um, fetal development and the reality of abortion and how it hurts women and um, leaves them emotionally wounded. Could you talk? So I'm going to ask oh, yeah, a, just a question, if I could, just to follow up on that in terms of the David yeah. versus Goliath, because all of these four have athletic uh, prowess. Uh-huh. And <laughs> so you're dealing with Emily's List and Planned Parenthood, and there's just colossal dollars on that side, and, and right. we're, we're basically kind of uh, living on a, on much to little of nothing of a, a budget, aren't we? Fighting mm. on well. I mean, I think that definitely was the reality when groups like the Susan B. Anthony list were first getting started. But, you know, the nation is on the side of life. You and I know this. And so more and more, I think just in the past couple of decades, the nation has woken up and realized that this is the greatest human rights issue of our day. You know, polling shows that the majority of Americans support significant limits on abortion. And that's what's enabled groups like the Susan B. Anthony list like Alliance Defending Freedom, who advocate for um, pro-life legal resources, Americans United for Life, which promotes and develops pro-life policy to then be carried out in the states and here in Washington, D.C. These groups are out there, and um, we can play a part in making sure they, you know, continue to be up and running. Um, And, you know, I think you're right. For a long time, it was a David and Goliath situation. But the people are waking up. And I think that um, especially the case before the Supreme Court, the Dobbs case, which could effectively begin... 
Uh, I, don't, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Ryan Hogan has oh. been waiting to talk to you about that, and he has another question as well. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Hey, Prudence, this is Ryan here. So I just wanted to know a little bit more about your backstory and about where you came from. So like, how did you feel uh, God calling you towards this profession? Do you have a, a story or, or a vocation that, that really made you feel like this is what you should be doing? Yeah, yeah, I do have a story that I would love to share. So when I was very young, six months old, my parents adopted my sister from Vietnam. And, you know, at six months, I didn't totally understand what adoption was. But growing up with an adopted sister um, really, you know, allowed me to understand what adoption is and what abortion is. And that, you know, abortion would have been the alternative for my sister had her birth parents not chosen life for her. Um, so that's really what instilled my pro-life beliefs at a very young age. And um, I was blessed to be raised in a strong Catholic family. And mm-hmm. they continued to cultivate in me just a desire to fight for what's right. Um, and, you know, when I went away to college, I stayed active in pro-life groups and active in my faith. And, um, yeah, it's really just through that, through having the right people around me and um, being in the right place at the right time that I found a job at the Susan B. Anthony List. And, um, then, you know, was blessed to recently become the host of Pro-Life Weekly, which is the only, you know, show that's airing nationally now with its sole mission to report on the pro-life news of the day. So could you, t- could you give the listeners, uh, you know, the, the time and where we can catch that? Yeah, absolutely. It airs every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. It also airs on Sundays at 1.30 p.m. and on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Very good. So Ava Burke is also here. She's uh, if you're looking for a producer in a couple of years, she's <laughs> she, I, I, we give her strong recommendations. Ava, hey, you good wanna... to know. Good to know. <laughs> Hello, Prudence. Uh, we're honored that you're here with us. Um, can you share a little bit about how you got into the media aspect of the pro-life movement and some of the things that you're going to bring to as being the host of Pro-Life Weekly? Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually really funny. I truly believe that it was divine providence that I ended up in sort of the communications arm of the pro-life movement. I just happened to be placed as a communications intern when I started at Susan B. Anthony List. Um, And from there, just kind of took off. And, um, you know, working in communications in in the movement for years now, I've really you know, come to have a great understanding and appreciation for the importance of messaging around this issue, um, especially because it is one that's so controversial. And so, um, you know, it can it can evoke emotion so quickly, especially in in a woman who might find herself pregnant and, you know, a boyfriend who wants his girlfriend to get an abortion because he's scared and doesn't know what to do. You know, you have to approach these people with love and you have to meet them where they're at. And so, um I think, if anything, what I want to continue in my career is to just keep emphasizing that point to to anyone who might ask, you know, what is the most important thing when we're communicating with these people? It's to communicate in love and to communicate the truth, um, because that's what's going to win over hearts and minds to our side and um, ultimately what's going to save unborn children. That's awesome. Just uh, to your point, you know, there's that song, they'll know us by our love, uh, we are Christians okay. by our love. And I, I think that that's something that some in the pro-life movement, re- they need that message, really, don't they? That essentially yeah. that, uh, you know, we weep for the, the mother, we weep for the unborn, right? 
Right, absolutely. And so we have to be I mean, good yeah. witnesses. We have to be good yeah. witnesses. Absolutely. If they don't I think, think we point, care, they're not going to listen to us, are they? That's right. You, you point out a, re- a really good point, which is that we, you know, most of these people don't think that we're in it for the baby and the mother. You know, so many people say that after the baby's born, we don't care about the child and, and the life that it leads. But the pro-life movement is so ready to come alongside these these children and these families and give them the resources they need. You know, pro-life pregnancy centers outnumber Planned Parenthood by over 20 to 1 across the country. At this point, we have um, states, you know, passing laws and advancing policy that um, allow for more money to be going to resource centers for women that, um, you know, really just do have the power to equip people to choose life. And we have to make sure people are aware that, we're in it for the long run in the pro-life movement, and we want to stand beside them no matter what. Makes a lot of sense. You know, it's, it, sometimes mission can get too wide, would you Would you agree? So I, I just want to know where you see yourself. Like, you know, the, the church has talked about a consistent ethic of life in terms of just war, immigrants, yeah. the death penalty. Um, but then, you know, I think most of us, all of us in this room believe that there is a preeminent issue, and that's the unborn. But uh, how does that factor into your whole, you know, pro-life, uh, um, you know, what you've discerned? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I completely agree that this is the preeminent moral issue. And, you know, at Pro-Life Weekly, our goal is to be bringing you the breaking news on that issue, which is the most important. Um, it's a blessing to be able to be solely focused on this issue when there is so much going on culturally in our world and so um from my perspective i want to you know be first just exposing the extremism of abortion law in our nation right now making sure that people understand um our country is just one of a handful in the world that allows abortion on demand up to the moment of birth and so do china and north korea just to name a few other countries um and you know, expose that extremism and then empower people to do something about it um, by highlighting pro-life stories that we're seeing every day. Um, I think that's definitely the role of Pro-Life Weekly. And also just to remind our viewers that um, we believe in miracles. We believe in the power of God to um, transform our nation and our culture to one that embraces life. And we believe that if we're fighting for truth and we're fighting for what's right, he's, he's going to win the battle for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Prudence. I think that, um, you know, we can all do a little part in our own lives to just educate people around us. And as much as, you know, this is definitely about the child and the mother and the relationship between the two of them, the father's role <laughs> is just as important, too. And I think a lot of people forget about that. So, you know, educating everyone about it and empowering men as well to stand up for women and, and be there to support them, um, because this is not about... Um, women controlling the world and and just murdering all of their children. It's about, you know, a family coming together and doing what's right for God and for their child, you know, not not abandoning them to um, just avoid taking responsibility for their actions in most cases. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. And, you know, the data shows that um, couples who do end up having to go through the tragedy of an abortion, you know, it it doesn't bode well for their relationship, for their, 
perhaps future marriage and, and going forward. And I think you're right. The role of the man there is so important. Um, and, you know, the role of the man to be strong and to lead and to not even, um, you know, allow for a situation like that to happen in the first place, to to be the one who's guiding the woman and what's right and what's true, um, to be leading with virtue. Um, that's something that's so lost in our culture today, and, and we need to find it again. And it's people like you, um, young people, that are going to, you know, reinstill that in our culture and our society. Yeah, it was Celia Goodlow. Go ahead. I totally agree with that, especially Ryan as a Hogan. as a young man in the in this in this issue. A lot of times you see the the my body my choice, and you get kind of <laughs> shunned away, like like your opinion doesn't matter, like you shouldn't really right. speak on that issue. And it's I I do agree that it's important that that males and and like specifically can speak up and and speak their truth and their opinion about this because it takes all of us, especially in a family, it takes everyone to, to contribute towards what that final decision is, and, and it should be life. Yeah. Well, you're clearly a man of courage, and God bless you for standing up for life. Thank you. Yeah, just going <laughs> off of what Ryan was saying, I've had a couple people, even people I thought were my friends, and when I told them I was pro-life, they just called me anti-choice. That's a, that's a mm. thing you see a lot nowadays. People call pro-lifers yeah. anti-choicers, which is something I just yeah. really don't understand. But just going off of that, I feel like people nowadays don't really understand what being pro-life means. I just want to, I just wanted to ask you what being pro-life means to you Great specifically. Question. Great question. Mm, yeah, I love that question. Being pro-life to me really just means what I said before. I think honestly, to love and to be open to anyone who might need whatever it is that I have to give. Um, you know, our nation and our, you know, my Catholic faith um, instilled in me first and foremost that each and every person has a right to life. And why do we have that right? Because each one of us has inherent dignity. Each one of us deserves to be heard, to be loved, to be seen, and to be known. And um, just in every encounter, um, conveying that with every person that I meet, I think is what's at the core of of truly living a life that that is pro-life. Ava, Brooke's waiting to jump in. Yes. So um, how can we, like, use our Catholic faith in being pro-life to evangelize? And, yeah, I guess, like, bring more even more people into the movement. Yeah, yeah. This is so so important right now um, because I'm sure you guys know our president he claims to be Catholic but he also recently said that he does not believe life begins at conception and so it is truly up to people of authentic Catholic faith to be educating um, you know the country and the world about what the Catholic Church actually teaches on abortion which is that this is the preeminent issue of our day um, because there are, you know, some of our world leaders who claim to be Catholic certainly aren't doing that. And um, I think now more than ever, it's really important to be pointing out that contrast and praying for the conversion of our fellow Catholics who, you know, the devil clearly has a hold on them. And I think another important thing as Catholics to realize and to acknowledge frequently is that this is not just a worldly battle. It is a spiritual battle. And so equipping ourselves with prayer, um, especially um, invoking Our Lady, 
I think is so important in this fight because um, in the end, um, that's that's what's going to win it for us. Um, That's what's important. So that, you know, I'm uh, older, 58, and (laughs) Our Lady was on the shelf for much of my 16 years at Catholic schools. And gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that, you know, she's been brought down and embraced by the younger generations. Um, So... Uh, she wants to talk a little bit. Prudence does, I think, about the Right to Life March. She was at on January 22nd of this year, celebrating the not celebrating, but um, remembering the uh, 49th anniversary. Have any of y'all been to the Right to Life March in D.C.? Brian was gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I was going to go to the to the March for Life, but our school had to cancel it due to COVID restrictions. Right. Oh, right. So I was I was very disappointed by that. Ava, uh, you can go next year, right? Yes, Celia, I get plan you out on there. going. Yeah, I just had a bunch of friends actually go in DC, and they just—I just saw them. They came back. Um, I saw them in a choir practice at church last night, and it was—I was not able to go due to work in my schedule, yeah. and I was so sad. I wanted to be a part of it, but yeah. they all told told me they surprisingly, you know, as much as they shouted and you know raised awareness at the right. event their voices were intact and yeah. you know they had a good time and just i mean so spread I, I, awareness i've been to 10 um you know the nicholas wow. sandmans you know the, the, they represent the the kids that are there are just awesome all american uh people and it's just so great to see them come together Absolutely. and I, I i think it's uh why don't you tell us prudence why it's so such a high to be a young person and to be there Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, my family lives just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. So I've had the privilege of going to more marches than I can count. Um, <laughs> it is such an important day for our movement because it really is just a time for us to show that we are unified and we are ready for, you know, a world that respects human life more. You know, Roe versus Wade, when it was passed, um, it was one of the greatest you know, examples of judicial overreach that we've ever seen. It literally tied the hands of lawmakers around the world and the states to pass pro-life laws that reflect the will of their people, right? So it's so important that we're raising awareness of that at the march, that we're coming to Washington, D.C., where that decision was decided in the Supreme Court, and that we're saying it's time for a change. Um, And I was privileged to be reporting live on the march um, I had just been at EWTN for about a week and a half at that point. Um, and so, I, you know, they threw me right into the fire, eight <laughs> hours of live reporting on TV. It was great. And I got to meet a lot of amazing guests, um, just a diverse group of pro-life people. We had young women, uh, you know, and men who have been, who are just starting out in the movement, some who have been in it for years and years. And um, they were all just united in, in saying that, um you know, we're ready to, to be with women and to save these unborn children. And um, it's always just such a hopeful day, the March for Life. It's always just a day of joy, even though we're remembering something so somber. Um, it always gives me so much hope. And so next year, uh, a couple of these guys are going to college, and they're a, lot, a lot of the marchers are college students. So Marquette will have a big contingent, and so will Iowa. I think that's two of the schools they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. personally, I was really looking forward to going to the March for Life just because it, it feels like a lot of the times I'm in a minority. Like, you don't really feel like there's a lot of pro-lifers around you because a lot of times they're either silent or, it, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to stand up for that when it's seen as such a hateful thing to be pro-life nowadays. And, and I was really looking forward to just going to D.C. and being around people that have those same beliefs as me and feeling like 
maybe there are other people around me that that feel this way. I'm not I'm not by myself. I'm not in this tiny minority. Of people. It's Ryan Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Ryan, you are not alone. And you should definitely come out to the march one of these years because that's exactly what you'll see. You will see so many people just like you who are pro-life and who want to stand up and fight for this, you know, people who aren't afraid um, to speak their minds, you know. And I think, sadly, in, um, in, a lot of, in a lot of colleges, people are just scared to speak up for the truth. Um, and one great resource for college students um, within the pro-life movement is Students for Life. They have hundreds of chapters across the country, pretty much at every school I think you can find one. Um, and their mission is to promote the pro-life message on college campuses specifically. So I definitely recommend to any college student listening or anyone on our panel to, to, to check out Students for Life. Um, they just had an amazing pro-life summit here in D.C. following the march um, Hundreds of pro-life students from across the country came together to hear some fantastic speakers and, um, yeah, really just celebrate life. So, Prudence, one thing, this is a Catholic radio station you're listening to, and you're speaking with us on uh, 7.50 a.m. and 88.5 f. And having been to all those marches, I I can guess that probably 98% of the people that are in those marches are Catholic. And the, there is no pro-life movement in America. It, take away the Catholics, because I mean we've led on it. And the Catholic Church is really the only Christian church that stood up uh, and said that you know contraception and the birth control is not something that should be embraced by by uh, the culture. The rest of the Christians, uh, and, and I think that's the, that disconnect from the fullness of the truth. Now you chose Steubenville, which if you have any listeners out there, that's as good a school as you can get. Scott Hahn <laughs> taught there forever. You had to be hardwired and and, uh, centered on truth from a very young age. How did that happen? Yeah, that is so right. I think first and foremost, it was my parents. Um, I actually had the privilege and the blessing of being homeschooled all through middle school and high school, and that just really equipped me and my parents um, to be able to, you know, they were able to teach me the truth. Um, I took religion classes from a very young age, and pretty much every subject was like grounded in the truths of the faith. Um, I studied church history and, you know, the founding of Christendom and what all that means, you know, even today. And that's what, you know, inspired me to want to go to Franciscan because I wanted to continue being around people who, you know, have a passion for learning and for excellence academically, but also a passion for the truth. And, um, when I was at Franciscan, I had a lot of opportunities to um, volunteer for pro-life efforts. I was able to go to Pittsburgh, the neighboring city. We were just about half an hour away in Steubenville, and we would prayerfully protest at the abortion clinic there. And, um, yeah, really just do anything we could for the community um, to promote life. And, uh, yeah, all of that started with my parents and just... Um, them instilling in me the importance of my faith. Celia Goodlow? I have one question for you, Prudence. Um, So, you know, at your university, you have degrees in history and human life studies. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people forget that history and, you know, science play into the pro-life movement just as much as Catholicism does, because you can't have um, how the world works and how the universe works without God. And you have to have, you know, some logic in there too, but that doesn't mean you take God out. So, you know, can you just remind all of us like how important it is to, to, you know, understand, um, 
history as well as uh, the church teachings. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, history repeats itself, right? And so it's so important to study, um, you know, you know, the early, early, you know, um, like what the founding fathers designed for our nation. It's important to understand like where abortion started, um, how long it's been around. Most people don't realize that like in the early Roman times, women had abortions. It was much more gruesome than it is now. Um, most people don't know how Planned Parenthood was started, but it was founded by a racist eugenicist woman named Margaret Sanger who wanted to eliminate the black population. Um, knowing these facts is what, you know, made me want to be pro-life and fight for this. And it's what equips us to fight for the truth and to say, hey, um, these injustices have happened before. Now, like, we're living in modern times, and it's it's time that you know, especially in America, that our laws be updated, that they be modernized to reflect the humanity of unborn children. Um, And it's so important to be able to look back to history and have those facts in our back pocket when we're, um, when we're working to convey our message. We got two minutes left, uh, and you're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM and 7.50 AM. You can call in and donate at uh, 224 uh, 206. What is it, Ava? 8455-224-206-8455. And uh, you can find us online as well. So we've only got a couple minutes left. What an awesome uh, interview this has been. You're such an inspiring person, Prudence. Who's well, got questions you. left? I'll ask another question. All right, Ava Burke. What are some of the topics... As being the host of Pro-Life Weekly, what topics are you going to incorporate? Do you plan on incorporating into the show? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, everyone should tune in tonight, Thursday, 10 p.m. The show airs. We'll be talking about um, some some reactions from the March for Life, sort of a follow-up from there. Um, one thing that we want to talk about a lot, especially in the coming months, is the rise in chemical abortions. Um Unfortunately, with hopefully brick and mortar abortion facilities closing down, you're more talking and more, about are you 486 the pill? Or? That's right. Yeah, that's right. The abortion pill. Um, now that brick and mortar facilities are closing down, the abortion industry is pushing those pills now more than ever. They're trying to convince women that this is a safe and easy way to get an abortion, but really it results in them having an abortion alone in their own home or in their dorm room. And it's just tragic. So we're working to expose the reality of that. We also want to focus on what pro-life activity is happening in the states. You know, hopefully if the Supreme Court case, um, if the decision in June is favorable. Um, the Dobbs versus Jackson, Mississippi uh, health care. That's right. The Dobbs versus Jackson women's health case. Um, if that decision is favorable, then it will allow more state legislators to pass state level laws that protect unborn babies. So we'll want to be reporting on what that's looking like in the states. Last year alone, the states um, passed over 100 pro-life laws. So there's definitely plenty to be reporting about on that front. And then, like I said before, just kind of talking about Catholicism and looking at this issue through the lens of Catholicism and what role as Catholics we have in advocating for unborn safe within the movement. Um, Those are definitely some of the top topics I'm wanting to cover. I want so to, can I ask one last question? We, we've only got a, yeah. uh, less than a minute. and I, We have okay. three women here. 
Um, you see a proliferation in suicides right now. The, the culture of death is just so prevalent. And when I see a young woman committed suicide, oftentimes I think she had an abortion and she just didn't realize how much she has a loving God that forgives anything she's done. Do you see, mm-hmm. have you seen those realities where women, young women that you know uh, out there that have had it and just they cannot forgive themselves? Yes. Unfortunately, yes, I have. Like the wounds that I have seen and women that I have met who have had abortions, those really, it never goes away. And thankfully, there are a lot of resources that women um, have at their at their fingertips to help, you know, groups like Project Rachel and others that uh, you can seek counseling at and find healing in. Um, I think the most important thing to share with those women who are hurting, who are wounded and feel ashamed and have regret is that God is merciful, you know, and um, there's nothing that we can do that He won't forgive. And more than anything, He wants to love us, and all we have to do is ask. And, you know, as tragic as abortion is, there is hope and there is healing for any woman who has undergone an abortion. Amen. We're here to help get that. Thank you so much, Prudence. And we had a great time with Peter Kern, Ryan Hogan, Celia Goodlow, and Ava Burke. And you're listening to WSFI 88.5, a.m. You can donate online or you can call 224-206-8455. Thank you all. And don't forget to turn to Pro-Life Weekly. On 750, you can hear it on Tuesdays. I believe you said, Prudence, 2 p.m., which would be Eastern Time. Is that correct? That's right. So that would be 1 p.m. our time. 1 p.m. our time. Thank you, Prudence. Thanks for being such a great guest. Thank you all so much.